Thank you for downloading this podcast from Pardes, North America. This episode of Pardes from Jerusalem features Rabbi Dr. Howard Marcos on Parashat Pekudeh. Pardes offers an incredible learning opportunity for you this summer. The Pardes Learning Seminar reconnects you with your Beit Midrash experience in Jerusalem and your favorite Pardes faculty members. To learn more, visit pardes.org.il forward slash seminar. And now, here is Rabbi Dr. Howard Marcos. This coming Shabbat, we will be hearing the reading of the last section of the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus, called Parashat Pekudei. Our Jewish calendar adds an additional month seven times every 19 years, reflecting a lunar-solar calendar system. This year is one of those leap years. We can be pretty confident that the leap month of Adar Bet, second Adar, which began on Thursday and Friday this week, adds an average of four additional Shabbatot to the Jewish calendar, which requires us to split the final two portions in Shemot, Vayakhel and Pekudei, into independent parashiot read on separate Shabbatot. So now allow me to take you to the last section of the last section of this book of Shemot, in which we encounter the cloud, He'anan, which covered the tent of meeting, preventing Moses from entering. This cloud is mentioned once in each of the final five verses, calling upon its readers and listeners to appreciate its importance. Let's take a listen to these verses found in Exodus chapter 40, beginning with verse 34. Vayichas he'anan et ohel moed uchvod Adonai male et hamishkan. Lo yachol Moshe lavo el ohel moed ki shachan alav he'anan Uchvod Adonai male et hamishkan. The cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the presence of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it, and the presence of the Lord filled the tabernacle. What exactly is the purpose of this cloud in these two verses? Well, in this section of our Torah, it seems that the cloud has two distinct functions. The first, as I just read, is to maintain some level of separation between the presence of the divine, called Kivod Hashem, which filled the Mishkan, the tabernacle, separating Moses and the Israelites from the divine. Whether this kavod is tangible or intangible, the cloud, which itself was real, was seen to be that which kept humans and the divine physically apart from one another. And while this phenomenon of the presence of the Lord is intriguing, to say the least, my intention in this podcast is to focus on the other function of the cloud, as described by the final three verses of Sefer Shemot. JPS in its new translation shares with us the following. 
when the cloud went up from over the tabernacle, the Israelites would go, set out on their various journeys. But if the cloud did not go up, they would not set out until the day it went up. For over the tabernacle, a cloud of the Lord rested by day, and fire would appear in it by night before the eyes of all the house of Israel throughout their journeys. We read in various sections of our Torah about the children of Israel wandering through the wilderness following the exodus from Egypt. We're also informed that the divine who took the Israelites out of Egypt had a plan to send them in a specific direction once they arrived on the other side of the split reed sea. We learn in Exodus 13, Verse 17. Now when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although it was nearer. For God said, the people may have a change of heart when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people round about by way of the wilderness at the Sea of Reeds. In answer to the question of how the Israelites knew in which direction they were to travel, the Torah provides us with a clear explanation in the continuation of chapter 13, verses 21 and 22. Vadonai lifnehem yomam be'amud anan lanchotam the Lord went before them in a pillar of cloud by day to guide them along the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel day and night. The pillar of, cl of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. The Torah has let us know that the Israelites knew the direction in which to travel simply by following the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. My question for you today is, how did the children of Israel know when they should travel and when they should stop and rest? Well, the answer turns out to be those same pillars of cloud and fire. We learn in the book of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers chapter 9, Verses 17 to 19, that Whenever the cloud lifted from the tent, the Israelites would set out accordingly. And at the spot where the cloud settled, there the Israelites would make camp. At a command of the Lord, the Israelites broke camp. And at a command of the Lord, they made camp. They remained encamped as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. When the cloud lingered over the tabernacle many days, the Israelites observed the Lord's mandate and did not journey on. Whenever the cloud lifted from the tent of the pact, the Ohel Ha'idut, the Israelites would set out accordingly. 
They remained encamped as long as they, the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. When the cloud lingered over the tabernacle many days, the Israelites observed the Lord's mandate and did not journey on. In summary, I suggest to you that our concluding verses in the book of Shemot are referring to the pillars of cloud and fire, manifestations of the presence of the Lord, performing two very important functions for the children of Israel, letting them know when to travel and informing them where they are to travel. You know, this is almost like a modern-day tour guide. I know that many of us have been confined to quarters over the past couple of years due to the COVID pandemic, but let me remind you that of the many tasks undertaken by the beloved Israeli tour guide, two essential elements of their job include informing their clients when it is that it's time to move and letting them know where they are to go. That and where the next stop for restrooms is, a point sorely lacking in the narrative in the Torah. I hope and pray that those of you who have planned or are planning a trip to Israel in the very near future will be able to take wonderful advantage of a talented Israeli tour guide once again, speedily and in our day. So we have the cloud and the fire providing these services to the Israelites, courtesy of the divine. If so, then what might have been the reason for Moses attempting to negotiate with Chovav to serve the same function? I am referring to the episode in the 10th chapter of Sefer Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, in which Moses makes a very strong push to convince Chovav, his relative by marriage, to join the children of Israel in their trek across the wilderness. Follow with me as I read to you the selection from Numbers chapter 10, verses 29 to 31. Vayomer Moshe lechovav ben reuel hamidyani chotein Moshe, nosim anachnu el hamakom asher amar Adonai, oto eten lachem. Lecha itanu veheitavnu lach, ki Adonai diber tov al Yisrael. Vayomer elav lo elech, ki im el artsi veel molerti elech. Vayomer, al nata azovotanu, כי על כן ידעת חנותנו במדבר, והיית לנו לעיניים. Moses said to Chovav, son of Reuel the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are setting out for the place of which the Lord has said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will be generous with you, for the Lord has promised to be generous to Israel. I will not go, he replied to him, but will return to my native land. He said, Please do not leave us, inasmuch as you know where we should camp in the wilderness and can be our eyes. As we can understand from the text, Moses tries to hire Chovav to be the Israelites' eyes, their tour guide, inasmuch as he knows where the children of Israel should camp in the wilderness. But have we not established that this is a task clearly found in the job description of the divine? Don't the cloud and fire serve precisely the same function as would be provided by a guide such as Chovav? Bachia ben Asher ibn Halawa, 13th and 14th century of the Common Era Spanish Bible Commentary, 
commonly known as Rabbeinu Bachye, shares his understanding of the motivation to employ Chovav. Benu Bachya says, You can be our eyes to show us the way, seeing that the Israelites had been journeying exclusively at the direction of the cloud, and the cloud showed them the way. What need was there to employ the services of Chovav? The reason Moses said the words quoted was to reinforce the minds and hearts of the people whose faith in the miraculous guidance of the cloud was somewhat limited, people who preferred to rely on leaders of flesh and blood. It seems that Rabbeinu Bachya was focusing on the phrase chosen by Moses, you can be our eyes, suggesting that the people, in their limited capacity as human beings, needed a real person to be their eyes, that is, to serve as their guide, and that the cloud was perhaps not sufficient. This term, spoken by Moses in his reported conversation with Chovav, of serving the Israelites as their eyes, that is to say their guide, is the first time in the entire book of Bamidbar, in the book of Numbers, that a metaphor is used in direct speech. While we may be comfortable in understanding the use of the term eyes to mean guide, not everyone is in agreement with that literary analysis. In fact, even Rabbeinu Bachya himself comments that these eyes to which Moses is referring might be understood differently. Another meaning of the words, you can be our eyes, he says, finds Moses encouraging Chovav to testify to the nations of the world what you saw with your own eyes, the great signs and wonders, so that they can also see and be moved to enter into the divine presence. Personally, I prefer the use of a metaphor here in which the Israelites represent a person and Chovav would serve as the eyes of that person. Was this metaphor of eyes being understood as guide ever used in the ancient Near East, I hear you ask? In my search for this answer, I was able to uncover one of the stories told about Gilgamesh, a hero of ancient Mesopotamian mythology, in which he travels, along with his sidekick Enkidu, to the mountain land, seeking everlasting life. In one recension of the poem, Gilgamesh and Enkidu capture the monster Huawa, and in a moment of compassion, Gilgamesh elects to free the monster. The text, dated around the later part of the third millennium before the Common Era, is presented in the ancient Sumerian language. Its best English translation reads as follows. Then Gilgamesh, being a noble, nobleman, found mercy. He said to his servant Enkidu, Come now, let us release the warrior. May he be our scout. May he show us the way through the mountains. May he be our scout. The Sumerian logogram 
used in the text for scout or guide is igi, the primary meaning of which in Sumerian is I. The fact that this same metaphor is used in an ancient Near Eastern poem for me reinforces the assertion that the term eyes, enaim, used in Moses' offer to Chovav in Sefer Bamidbar, can very possibly serve as a metaphor for guide. Both Chovav and Chuawa have the advantage of knowing the territory that the hero wishes to traverse better than they because their eyes have seen it numerous times before, making their service as a guide quite desirable. By the way, is there anything to be made of the fact that Chuawa and Chovav possess names that are phonetically identical and that they both are the only characters designated as the potential eyes or guide for the hero of the story? The name Chuawa appears as a personal name in documents of the third dynasty of Ur, dated in the 22nd and 21st centuries before the Common Era, spelled either Chuawa or Chubaba. Just saying. This brings us all the way back to our section of Torah found in the very end of the book of Shemot, Parashat Pekudeh. As is common in our books of the Jewish Bible, there are verses that are introduced in the beginnings and the ends of sections of text which serve as prologues or epilogues. Chapter 5 of the book of Breshit, Genesis, for example, begins with an introduction. Ze sefer toldot adam, beyom bro Elohim adam bidmut Elohim asa oto, zachar unekeva bra'am, vayivarech otam vayikra et shamam adam, beyom hibara'am. This is the record of Adam's line. When God created humankind, it was made in the likeness of God. Male and female were they created. And when they were created, God blessed them and called them humankind. The end of the book of Vayikra, Leviticus, provides a similar kind of ending to the book. The last verse of this book is, Ela hamitzvot asher tziva Adonai et Moshe el b'nei Yisrael behar Sinai. These are the commandments that the Lord gave Moses for the Israelite people on Mount Sinai. And the same situation holds with the words that conclude the book of Numbers. They read as follows. These are the commandments and regulations that the Lord enjoined upon the Israelites through Moses on the steps of Moab at the Jordan near Jericho. And in the same light, I suggest that our book of Shemot, which we conclude on this coming Shabbat, provides the reader and listener with an ending that addresses the trek of the children of Israel, not only referring to when they would stop and go and in which direction they would travel, but also answering the question of who was the only guide serving the Israelite people. Allow me please to recite the last verse of the book of Shemot once again, replacing the standard translation with one of my own. Ki anan Adonai al hamishkan yomam, ve'esh tiye laila bo, le'enei chol beit Yisrael bechol mas ehem. 
For over the tabernacle a cloud of the Lord rested by day, and fire would appear in it by night. And instead of saying, in the view of all the house of Israel throughout their journeys, I would like to translate the final phrase of the book, as a guide for the whole house of Israel in all of their travels. My prayer for us in anticipation of the lifting of COVID restrictions, along with the reading of Parashat Pikudei, as we again arrive at the end of the book of Shemot, that neither the divine nor the greatly appreciated Israeli tour guide lose their jobs as the metaphorical eyes of the Jewish people. Kain Yehiratzon, may it be thy will. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of Pardes North America. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for the latest episode of Pardes from Jerusalem or by tuning in at elmod.pardes.org. Next week, Rabbi Alex Israel teaches on Parashat Vayikra. Thanks for listening.